Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends, one of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So join us now for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it. Happy Sunday, everyone. Happy July the 19th, 2015. Um, we're back earlier than expected, but we have a special show for you tonight. How are you, wonderful Alicia? I'm tired, <laughs> but I'm wonderful. You're tired. You know what? <laughs> yes, I'm yes, yes. tired. You know, we're, we're supposed to be on vacation, but, you know, me and my bright ideas, Trying to yeah. build the show, have the idea that we're going to add some wonderful personalities to our second season. So um, we have a great show, and you're going to tell us all about the show a little bit later on. But how was your weekend? I, I know I've talked to you through text, but um, I've been busy yeah. myself. How was your weekend? My weekend was good. It, it really was. Um, you know how I am. I love the water. Uh, so I had the pleasure mm. of participating in two hours of an Aqua Zumbathon. So I'm tired. Oh, did I'm you? Sore. Two hours. Two hours. It was awesome. Ooh. It was awesome. So but you're going to be right for November, right? Huh? So for, no- <laughs> so for November, you're going to be right. Well, I don't have to because, remember, you said you can do some wonderful things with duct tape. So I can. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you have a little bit less for me to duct tape, it can be even more better. <laughs> See, he's trying it, Lord. Go ahead. He's trying it on a Sunday. <laughs> he is trying it. On a Sunday, but you know what, Will? I got a surprise uh-huh. for you. I have a confession. A surprise. I, oh, I wait, have a, wait a minute. I no confessions. A, <laughs> a confession a is confession. for our premiere show. You, you, you sure you want to save that for then? No, no, it, it's not. No, I got other juicy stuff for the confession show on August second. But this is this is simple. It's a mild confession, but I know you're not going okay. to like it, although it relates to tonight's show. <laughs> Well, again, I said I like the water. You know, I like swimming during the summer season. But that can really take a toll on chemically relaxed, treated hair. Um, Even if I'm not swimming. Okay, see, here we go. Even if I'm not swimming, you know that Mm -hmm. I'm in the water a lot. So I know you're the king of the creamy crack. But in order to bring my hair to a healthier state and I just decided that I'm almost 100% committed to trying the natural hair journey again. Now, I know you got mm. something to say, Will, so go ahead and say it. Hey, hey. You know what? I, I have been fighting this battle. You know, I registered um, Team Relaxer and Team Healthy Relaxed Hair on the site yes, where you can you register do. the hashtags. Yeah, so I'm starting my campaign soon, as soon as we get this second season started. But you know what? Your reason I, I hear your reading all the time, and you can have okay. very healthy, relaxed hair. I have about what forty, fifty clients who can attest to that. So the fact that you want to get, you want to swim because you feel like you can do it with natural hair. Well, natural hair is going to get dry as well, unless you're going. Are you going into braids or something? Eventually. Okay. Well, if you put a little afro in the swimming pool, when you get out, you're going to have a little dry, brittle afro. 
So it has nothing to do with the relaxer. Um, it has to do with your hair texture. Um, anybody, a Caucasian person who has any type of hair, the chlorine will take a, a hit on the hair. So, you know, if Absolutely. that's your reason, then, baby, you need to come on and get your relaxer, if that's your only reason. Well, okay, that's, and that's all chlorine I'm uh-huh. and chemicals. I mean, one would assume chlorine that... Chlorine any type of hair. Right. That's not a natural chemical. Say, One would assume on, that it would be a healthier mm-hmm. state without the chemicals of a relaxer. Well, baby, one would assume, would assume wrong. Wrong. <laughs> you know what, Will? You assume wrong. You know what, Will? I'm just saying. You know what? I'm just saying. That's not I love you. I'm sorry. I, I love you. But you love know you what? Too, I-, <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad that three of the contestants mm-hmm. for season two are natural hair mm-hmm. divas. So, honey, I got some backup oh, tonight, they? and I do oh, not God. have to brave okay. this discussion by myself. So well, why didn't you tell me that right before I opened my mouth? Because you want to say what you just said now. So that's why I didn't tell uh, you. See, oh, I knew what I was doing. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, won't God do it? Look, look, look at you. Okay. Wisdom, right, honey, wisdom. Right. So you know what I'm going to do? While we are welcome mm-hmm. to the show, because we want to give them their one to two minutes to introduce themselves, you know, they exactly. they can feel free. I just want you ladies and gentlemen. Now, we, we know gentlemen don't have natural hair, but you or he might. But ladies, Why not? I, I know y'all can feel free to back me up and add your little commentary on your. You know how y'all feel about the chlorine and the chemicals. I, I'm just going to say y- y'all can do that. Just feel free. Let go as the Lord moves you. That's all I want to say. So, First, I'm going to introduce to the show. I'm just going to call her by her first name, and I want you to let you know the audience here one or two minutes of who you are. I'm going to welcome Miss Shay. Welcome to Let's Face. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be here with y'all tonight. Um, I'm Shay Malone, certified Christian life coach. Um, I've been doing that for about a year and a half. My background is counseling and education, and I don't know which side to fully weigh on on this natural hair. Oh. <laughs> okay. I think I was one of I was one of the healthy relaxers because my hair is thick, so my relaxers always look fantastic. Oh, but for me, it was about the journey to really enjoying who God made me to be. Come on now, exactly. Now that's, Come on that's now. a good reason for doing that. it. That's a good reason for doing it. <laughs> oh, shut up, Will. <laughs> Go on, testify, Shay. Testify. Tell them about what God made you to be with natural but I, I hair. Will, yes, I will say that if you're talking, yes, chlorine is going to damage anybody's hair. But do you want chemical mm-hmm. on top of chemical? Well, or like you said, oh, you can do braids or you can condition <laughs> your hair before you even go swimming to protect it. If See, that's natural. all I was trying to say. That's what I was trying to say. Thank you, Shay. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know whose side to get on. I don't know. So I'm just Girl, it's okay. You, I think you've done beautifully. I think you've done beautifully. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. Well, we heard from the lovely Miss Shay. And now I'm going to introduce Danielle and welcome her to Let's Face It and tell us hey. Hey, y'all. Hey, this is Danielle Booth. I am checking in from home in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm right. also a life coach. I work for a nonprofit called Achievable Greatness, where I work with youth and young adults in the community. I help with personal and professional development skills. Okay. I am 
a naturalista. Natural hair. Hey. Been rocking my natural hair since 2006. <laughs> my hair has never been healthier. So I know oh. you have clients, but in my personal experience, my hair has not been go. any better since I locked it up. Oh. These Thank locks you, have, not in have her changed part. my life. And may I say her hair was beautiful. She said her hair has never been healthier since she became that. That's what I heard her say. In her personal experience, I just have a problem when people group relaxer. Like relaxer is going to damage everyone's hair. Now, I'm a, I, I, I admit, everyone is not a relaxer candidate. I've seen your hair, Alicia. You are a relaxer candidate. You can be a relaxer. Now, you need to stop standing in the bathroom and doing it yourself. But you are. <laughs> William. That's all I'm Are you say. trying to tell me you just come to your salon? Is that what you're trying to say, boo? Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, see. Well, Danielle, I'm going to say, since you have a background of working with children, I think yes. you will fit on the show just fine. You'll, you'll be able to handle oh, things. Oh. Versatility. You'll be good. See, I didn't say you was a child, Will. Don't get upset. I just said, since she has a background working with children, she will fit on the show very well. You know, that gets her skills of how to work different people, different levels, different attitudes. That's all I'm saying. That's all I said. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Danielle. And certainly one of our other naturalistas I'm on welcome to the show is Miss Liz. Hey, hey, everybody. Hey, Liz. How are okay. you? I am good. Good. Well, I'm Liz G. Um, coming out of the 804. I have been. Uh, huh? He just making noise no, in the background. Don't pay him no mind. <laughs> I like 804. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. Come visit. <laughs> um, I have a business background. I'm finishing up my bachelor's in business. Um, anything that's gonna make me money, I'm there for it. I have Mm -hmm. been natural for about six years now. I'm on my third round of locks, so I'm all team natural. Oh, okay. All right. See, Will? (laughs) I'm not feeling the enthusiasm from you, Will. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not. But we love you. Trying to get me jumped. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I am not. I'm just just open to different ways and things. Okay. Mm-hmm. And certainly mm-hmm. last but not least, now he has been our our special guest co-host a few times, so he's no novice. But um, we're gonna welcome back Nate to Lexi. Hello, everybody. Hello, Mr. Nate. How are y'all doing today? We are so blessed. Doing Hallelujah. Good. That's good. <laughs> well, I'm calling from the six two one. And <laughs> Nate, what's the six two? I am a Christian liquor store owner. <laughs> Nate, you ain't supposed to lie on Sunday. I do believe that everybody should have relaxed hair. Oh Lord. I knew somebody was gonna back him up. Go ahead, Nate. Relaxed hair is the hair of Jesus. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh my god. What? I got to hear about this. What do you mean is the hair of Jesus? Please explain yourself. It, it, if you look at all the posters, Jesus' hair is relaxed. You know what? You know what? I cannot with you right now. I can't, Lord. 
did you hear what the man said? <laughs> oh, glory. Now, you know, I can't really take your advice since you're a liquor store owner. I'm not sure, yes. if you know, what, how you relate to I am a Christian liquor store owner. <laughs> oh, okay, that's different. Mm-hmm. Now, how you miss Christian liquor store owner? What, what, I, I just, I'm not understanding. Is it because of communion? Yes, because the Bible says as often as you do it, <laughs> do it in the remembrance of me. <laughs> I did oh, take communion okay. today, but my communion was, was, was with great juice. I ain't had no wife, but maybe we should have stopped by your 621 store. Then it's just, oh, okay. Oh, all right. Lord Jesus. Bless him, Jesus. All right. Well, yeah. all right. well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to truly welcome you to tonight's show, and thank you for, for responding to our call. Like I said earlier, there were quite a few people who um, applied for the position, and between Alicia and myself, we we thought that you, each one of you, actually each one of you four people, had something that we want, we, we wanted to see more of. So tonight is definitely your opportunity to do so. But I want to remind the listeners in the audience that the phone lines are open and you're invited to call you know, during this portion of the show and also through email to vote on who you feel um, will make a good fit for the show. The, the number is 713-955-0793. Make sure that you press 1 um, to be live on the air. Don't, be, don't, you know, don't panic. A lot of people I was told that they thought if they press 1 that they're going to automatically be on the air. No, we're going to come talk to you first. So just make sure you just press 1. That's going to alert us that you want to be on the air, and then we'll come speak to you. So I was told a lot of people didn't press one because they were afraid they were going to be live immediately. No. Absolutely not. All righty then. Well, you know, we might as well start off, as we love to do, in our table talk Mm. discussion. And, of course, Mm. there has been so many crazy things on the media this week. We could really have a two-hour show just on trending topics, but we are not going to do that. But um, one of the things this week, I'm sure you all saw it, unless you live under a rock, um, was the whole discussion about Caitlyn Jenner and whether she really deserved the Arthur Ashe Courage (laughs) Award at this year's ESPYs. Um, Kobe Bryant and even President Obama shouted out their support for Caitlyn. And one of the things, I, I just want to give you a brief excerpt from her speech. She said that if there's one thing I do know about my life, it is the power of the spotlight. Sometimes it gets overwhelming, but with attention comes responsibility. As a group, as athletes, how you conduct your life, what you say, what you do, is absorbed and observed by millions of people, especially young people. I know I'm clear with my responsibility going forward to tell my story the right way, for me to keep learning to reshape the landscape of how trans issues are viewed, how trans people are treated, and then more broadly to promote a very simple idea, accepting people for who they are, accepting people's mm. differences. Yeah. I liked a lot of what she said. However, there were plenty of people that did not support her winning this award and were very vocal. We even had some things by comedian D.L. Hughley. Now, he said a couple of things which did have food for thought, and a lot of people on the opposing side um, agreed with. One of the things he pointed out was that Arthur Ashe from Richmond, Virginia, was a symbol of courage. He fought a segregated South, a very segregated profession. He fought AIDS with dignity and honor, and Caitlyn Jenner put on a dress. 
I don't think it's the same thing. Hughley also added that he didn't understand how some in the media could describe Serena Williams as being too masculine, or on steroids for that matter, but described Caitlyn as beautiful. Um, he went on further to say when people said, well, aren't you bashing? He said, explain to me how pointing out obvious hypocrisy is bashing. So with that being said, I want to ask the auditioning co-host, do you believe that Caitlyn Jenner deserved to win the Arthur Ashe Espy Award? Why or why not? And anyone is free to answer that question. I'm not afraid to answer. I think she deserves the award. If they determine that she qualifies, then give her the award. I understand where D.L. Hughley's coming from, but we've learned in society that they make changes all the time. So now we're determining that it's empowering and uplifting to wear female clothes or transition mm-hmm. or whatever the, the term is for it that's appropriate. That is, this mm-hmm. is Danielle. This is Danielle, by the way. Um, okay. But we've determined that we've that it's okay to now transition, and that's something that we have deemed as a society as empowering and appropriate for the award. So he won it, she won it, excuse me, and she mm-hmm. she deserves the ability to enjoy her award. They gave it to her. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with it. Okay. Well, this is Nate, and I, I, and being a part of the community, I really don't believe she should have gotten the award. Um, because I do understand the courage, but I think what is what it is, and another thing that I I can see why she got the award because she mm-hmm. does have a huge platform um, with the right. Kardashians, and then as well with her own TV show coming out. So it gives give people or transgendered persons a uh, person to see, but to be able to but to take on a uh, baton that has been passed by people that been through more. Only thing she did was have surgery and come out. It's people that have been talked about, have been beat up, mm-hmm. have been uh, persecuted that didn't get an award. So she stands on their shoulders. They've never received a moment of notoriety. So I personally feel she was. I, I believe they should have gave. I, she could have gotten an award. Then it was a sports show um, to show courage, but not such a prestigious award as the Arthur Ashe Award. Now that's an interesting mm. thought. That maybe I, I never thought maybe it would be some other type of award for courage, but not quite that one. That's prestigious. Yes, not the Arthur Ashe Award. Anybody it's else want to chime in on that one? Right. Well, I would. I, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, it's this Liz. Um, <laughs> go ahead, Shay. I'll go after you. Um, I just wanted to point. Well, I guess my thoughts on it are, I think um, there is a lot of courage involved in because I read some of the backstory as far as even when he was with his first wife, uh-huh. and they actually got divorced because he felt like he was a woman, and then he got married again, which is confusing to me, but I understand that everybody's journey goes differently, and we all go back and forth. So I do think there's a lot of courage in coming out as um, 
a woman and embracing who you feel like you are. At the same time, I also think a lot of it is a popularity contest. This, a lot of that is about ratings and about, okay, what's the bandwagon? Mm. So that's my two cents. Hey, it's Liz. Um, I would have to say that, you know, me being as well in the LGBT community, I just feel like for what she won the award for, no, she should not have gotten the award because, yes, coming out is courage and, you know, yes, her transitioning takes some courage, but like a few people have said, for for it to be the Author Ash Award, I feel like mm-hmm. that it should not have gone to her for transitioning into a woman. I feel like it should have been to someone else who has gone through other things. And I always have the thought that, you know, the Kardashians, that whole brand, it's, it is popularity. It is. And I, I personally thought it was a stunt for her new show coming out. Hey, I won this exactly. award. Check out my mm. document. Go see what's going on with me. Because at the end of the day, you know, her coming out, a lot of people come out. You know, it's it's not just a, oh, this is something that's rare. Like, this is something that happens every day. So the coverage that she's getting and the awards she's getting, I just don't feel like she's she's deserving of it, especially when she just transitioned maybe, what, two, three months ago? It's just mm. all too new. And not just that, but did she even come out? What what I don't even understand what she's doing. Did she want to she have did she do it to be a woman that sleep with women or cuz she oh. says she's not gay? I just don't understand. It's yeah, her so much that confusion confusing. about it. So only thing you did was become a cross dresser. You wow. Well, I know mm. you being so nice. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. I know you just dancing in your Oh my god. I'm thinking about bouncing in my seat. Yes. Oh my god. Nathan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Go ahead, get it off your chest. What you got to say? Oh, my God. I just, are you kidding me? He, he she, whatever, absolutely deserves the oh, award, Lord. especially in today's day and time. Um, given Thank what's you, going Will. on, I mean, it's, it's what's relative. Um, because, what, first of all, courage simply means the ability um, to do something that frightens one. Now, Bruce Jenner, and I'll talk about Bruce first before I get to Caitlin. <laughs> Bruce Jenner, back in 1975, you know, everybody knows he won the Olympics. And then after that, whether he wanted to or not, he was branded this image of masculinity. He said that in his little um, little 14-minute spill that he did in the awards. So he was that, from a little boy, he said he always felt like he was a girl. So he had been dealing with that all the way up through his adulthood in 1975 when he won the award. Then he was thrust into the spotlight. And, of course, there are certain things that go along with that you have to put up a front. You know, I have a lot of friends, even myself, I put myself out there. Um, for when I was in high school, in my early years of college, I had a girlfriend. I knew I didn't want no girlfriend, but I had one because, you know, that's <laughs> what was expected of me. Um, so I really feel well. that, number one, it took courage for him to – not, number one, think about what all the judgmental people were going to say because he did have such a large platform, not just with being with the Kardashians, but just Bruce Jenner himself, the Olympic winner, because everybody thought he was this big ball of masculinity. Um, so, number one, he had to think about all the things that he was going to lose. And I do agree with you, Nate, that, you know, there are a lot of people, we have a lot of friends who are live transgender every day, but don't nobody know Shaniqua. They don't know Tasha Lima. They don't know those people. They needed to put a face 
for the issue with the person who people know and they recognize. So that's why um, I, it could have been Laverne Cox, but everybody doesn't know who Laverne Cox is. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much everyone knows who the Kardashians are or they know who Bruce Jenner, the, um, the Olympic winner, is. So I think that's why she, he was chosen at this day and time for their war, and it's relevant. Like I said, with the marriage equality and now transsexuals mm-hmm. being, I mean, transgender people being able to serve in the military, the timing is right for him to win. True, I know a lot of people wanted the girl who had um, passed on to win the award, and she did qualify for the award. Um, right. I, I don't know if they gave her anything, but, you know, courage really, and I'll, I'll be personal about it, courage is relevant and, and it's really um, the magnitude of it is relevant to the individual. Um I've been really public about it. About 2006, I got a diagnosis that my kidneys had failed. So I was on dialysis for six years every day. That took a lot of courage for me to go through that, and especially to handle it, to work, to go to school like I did. To me, I deserve an award because to me that was that took a lot of courage. But to somebody else, that, that might be courage. nothing to them. Yeah, that but is to, courage. To other people, that may be nothing. You had to go to work. You had to go to work. I'm, we are talking about a millionaire. That's not courage. I'm, your courage is oh, when you don't you don't right. know exactly where your next meal going to come from if you come out. That's not, that's not courage not is if you coming out so regardless of what your mom and daddy feel about you. Huh? Are you saying rich people don't have problems? No, I'm saying rich people don't have problems. Phone, more money, but more I'm going to say that it wasn't courage. Oh, Lord. Because she stuck up there on the mountaintop in that multi-million dollar house behind all them gates. <laughs> That ain't courage. Oh, you oh. You mad. Courage means you it's come down the farm fresh with that same boot dress on looking like Mr. Sister. That's what, that's courage. Oh, so you oh, mad. Courage is you bring it down to the hood it. and you tell me your story. It. That's courage. Preach, brother Nate. Preach. I got it. Let I got it. You mad. Let them use you. Yeah. mad. Because you don't have your house what? on the hill yet. That's what you're upset about. Courage. And you upset because she wore that ugly dress. You know what, Will? God just gave me a... God gave me a prophetic message. He said, you know, haters uh-huh. gonna hate, hate, hate. <laughs> oh, come, come Players on. gonna play, play, play. You just got that. was Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, well, maybe God's going to her. I Let's go know. to the next one. <laughs> yeah, to the next because one, but... I'm sure that y'all have a lot to say about this next one. I'm going to switch it up just a little bit. Okay, now, another, I found it kind of ridiculous in the news. But it's a current problem that is very prevalent in our local communities and nationwide. It's called being the side chick. Oh, now, Lord. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Ain't no wrong with that. <laughs> Hold on, Nate. You got to hear the story, boo. Hear the story, okay? Now, we shared it on Wednesday on our Facebook page. There was a picture of Eric Garner's girlfriend. And if you remember, mm-hmm. Eric Garner um, was a gentleman that the police had officially, you know, choked to death. There was a $5.9 million settlement from that New York lawsuit. Now, there was a picture of his girlfriend and the baby um, that they had, and this was the woman that he lived with at the time where, of course, he lost his life, but he had never officially divorced his wife. Mm -hmm. So actually the $5.9 million settlement from the lawsuit was awarded to his wife. Now, the hashtag for that story was that papers are important. However, at the same time, we had another story this Friday. A Georgia teacher was kidnapped and killed 
by her husband's men. Mm-hmm. Um, Sandra Barnett, I believe her name, was kidnapped by her husband's girlfriend, and her husband was an ex-NFL player. Um, she was taken from her home in the car that the mystery was driving that belonged to her husband. Um, Interstate 20, they had a wild um, chase with the police, but in the end, the mistress shot the wife and then shot herself. And when they actually did an investigation in the car, they found a set of handcuffs and some receipts, and she had bought all this stuff, of course, before the kidnapping. Um, And actually, she had a record with her previous run-in in the law uh, for kidnapping the child that she lost in custody with someone else. So, going back to all of this stuff about being the side chick, do you feel that the side chick has rights? Why or why not? Heck I no. think Nate, here we go. Go on. This is I don't think side chicks have the right to anything. At the end of the day, if oh. this man or woman has a husband or wife you already know your position. You know oh. that at the end of the day, they are on the benefits. They're on the insurance. They're on yep. everything. So you can't get mad if this man well. dies and he got well. a six-month insurance settlement. You can't get mad because you're not the wife. You were the runner up. Oh, you were not the You really oh. tell me all this work I'm putting in, <laughs> all this me having him come home to you happy, and I can't get no <laughs> benefits. You need to get your benefits. Get I blame Candle. I blame Candle. This is a lady of hope. Candle. Side chick automatic. I agree with Liz. Side chick equals second class citizen. Oh, no. you can accept it. Yep. Floppy seconds. Even I need, yep. I need clarity yeah, on the rights. What do we mean by rights? Rights. What do we mean by rights? I, I need clarity because if oh, the side yeah. chick come over a to baby, the house and take a shower, <laughs> like if, if the side chick got a <laughs> baby, even though they the side chick have some money, they created a, a house. Mm-hmm. You talking about rights? What do you mean by rights? I'm going to let them go ahead and define that. Well, in that case, you think she had the rights to that $5.9 million settlement. No. No. I wouldn't say she had rights to to the settlement. If she was smart, she was putting money aside during the relationship. Oh, Because you're not going to get nothing when they don't. I don't know nothing like I know personally. I'm not saying from my own personal experience here, but you're trying to be Mm -hmm. the side you got to be smart. Yeah, you know, you got to put something aside just in case, you know, rainy day fund. But, um it depends on what rights mean. It, I'm, it, it's it's a general term for me, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right. Well, I've been quiet thus far, but, you know, I'm feeling what y'all saying, most of y'all anyway. Um, you know, there was a time where a side chick, and we didn't call them side chick mistress, however you want to call them, you knew your position. Most of you understood he ain't leaving his wife. He wants you for a certain thing, exactly. and it's something you getting out the deal. So I'm going to collect my coins. He might be paying the mortgage, the rent, whoever. He make your car payment. Y'all go shopping. Whatever it is he do for you in exchange for what you do for him, you took your money, you mind your business, you go on about your business. You understood. Exactly. 
I'm not well, what happens if he dies? Here we go. Go on, Nate. Well, if he dies, she out what of luck. What happens if she dies she and exactly. I don't have... I, you say that again? I said, if, if I mean, you should have been a wife. You should have been smarter than that. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, well, I can't say hard. being a wife is smarter. You might get a check, but you're not going to be happy. Like, all you're going to have is a check and a husband that's got side chicks. So I don't want to be the but wife. But the side chick is the one that's happy. So why the side the happy <laughs> one take I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to um, marry nothing that got side chicks, so... But there are women today who are okay with their men having side chicks as long as they're paying the bills, as mm-hmm. long as they can take it care of, as long as they can, you know, live, have a certain you lifestyle. Like so, a unfortunately, there are women like that. They mm-hmm. need a better standard. Well, I oh, love yeah. y'all. So what we going to do? <laughs> because, actually, we're going to have a show that comes up in second season devoted to this topic, so definitely we can't wait to have y'all all back on to talk about it. Um, but yeah. what we're going to do is take a quick commercial break. Um, definitely we want to come back. We want to talk about the natural subject because let me tell you, you're going to have plenty to say about that. And our expert, our attorney, has plenty to say as well. But definitely, I'm sorry, go ahead, you forgot you forgot my oh, favorite. Here we go. You forgot my favorite. Oh, I forgot topic. it on purpose, but go on. Boo. What have I been talking about? <laughs> I don't know why you forgot about it. Because I don't okay, follow him. Sorry. I really don't like him, even though he has my last name, but whatever. Go ahead. Oh, Jesus. Well, okay. Well, Chris Brown, over the, the past week, um, his home, one of his homes was broken into, and his aunt, I believe it was his aunt, was, um, well, she was held hostage or whatever. Um, and they were basically looking for good. Um, throughout a lot of the media appearances, they were, people were talking about how he posts different things on the Internet. Like he had posted a picture. He has, like, this huge room, which he made into a walk-in closet, and it has, like, all pictures of all his shoes in the top, and he's posting it on social media. And then he posted a picture of, like, his jewelry box that had all this jewelry posting out. And people were saying that that probably prompted people to break into the home because they were looking for things. Um, so my question to you all is, do you think that um, sometimes we, we disclose too much information on social media uh-huh. to set ourselves up? I would have to say yes, but I wouldn't blame his house being broken into on the fact that he is showing off on social media, though. I feel like that may have been an inside job, but to answer your question, uh-huh. I do feel like a lot of people – put too much information on social media, including Facebook, when they're going through breakups. Mm. <laughs> mm. All right. Okay. Okay. Anybody else have anything to say about it? Well, I do. This is me. I do believe that we do take um, and put mo- too much of our business on social media. I'm not a big Chris Brown fan. Thank so, you. Um, I knew somebody else was with me. But I do believe um, people, I don't know why people like to put stuff on social media, then wonder why everybody in their business. But, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and take a quick pause for a quick commercial. But when we get back, as Alicia said, we're going to hear from attorney Lurie Daniels on the subject of I am not my hair and the issues posed 
by the natural hair um, in today's society and corporate America. So stay tuned. Let's face it. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all, Cedric the Entertainer here with Niecy Nash, taking a break from shooting the soul man to introduce you to Patience. Hi. Patience is a patient at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for anything because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. St. Jude won't give up until they end childhood cancer, sickle cell, and other deadly diseases. Because of you, there is St. Jude. Learn more at stjude.org. It's another beautiful Sunday, and if you're listening to this, you must be listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. This is your host, Alicia Brown, and on behalf of our wonderful team, I would like to thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen. Thank you for your feedback on our social media pages, and thank you for your continued support. We are so excited about what waits in store in Season 2, which premieres August 2015. We cannot do it without your continued support. So if you have a brand, a vision, a business, we're inviting you to grow with us. Contact me at Alicia at Let's Face It Radio.com. That's Alicia, A-L-E-S-H-A, at Let's Face It Radio.com. We have customized packages just for you, and I would love to share more information with you about that. Until then, continue to listen to us on the go at iTunes, Tuned In, Stitcher, or you can also listen to these and past episodes at Let's Face It Radio.com. Again, continue to tune in and just wait for what we have in store. For season two. It's all about their bathroom night and the big folks take time in this shit. Former club members Denzel Washington and Jennifer Lopez for the Boys and Girls Clubs. Every child follows a path in life. For many, that path will lead them to a door, a door that gives them a place to grow, to learn, to belong, a place to forge their future. For 100 years, the Boys and Girls Clubs have opened this door for America's youth. You can change a child's future. Support your local Boys and Girls Clubs. Great futures start here. To learn how you can support your local boys and girls clubs, visit greatfutures.org.
where actually I have a live interview with her. But right now we're going to introduce Miss Lori Manuel Savers Esquire, um, which is definitely one of the leading people when it comes to talking about natural hair um, and also the professional industry and a lot of opinions on social media and all the current things we see um, are the subject of natural hair. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having We're me. We're excited to have you. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely you are an author, you're an attorney, you're a speaker, amongst other things. Um, could you tell our listeners who Lori Daniel Favors is, especially in relation to natural hair, and why are you or not you, your hair? Well, Thank you once again. Like I said, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk to you guys about this. Um, as it pertains to who I am in relation to natural hair, you know, I'm really just a black girl who at one point found myself wrestling internally with a lot of issues that I later found out a whole lot of black girls were experiencing. Um, I had the benefit of majoring in Africana studies um, with an emphasis on Afro uh, in the Pan-African diaspora when I was in college. And so I spent a lot of time studying what was happening to black people both during slavery and prior to slavery. And when I realized that this was not always how we thought about our skin, about our hair, and about our hair texture, about the sizes of our noses, when I learned that something happened that caused us to begin thinking this way, I began applying that that information to myself and, and started on the natural hair journey back in the 90s when Erica Badu was rocking the three-foot head wraps and she was really yes. sort of presenting an image of black womanhood that was, looked very different than what we had seen before then. So yeah, that is me. And as far as whether or not I am my hair, you know, that song by, Erica, by India Ari, I love it, but I felt like it, it really kind of oversimplified the issue a bit because I, I'm no more my hair any more than I am my nose or my skin complexion or this, the shape of my body, right? All of which are very phenotypically black. But but my hair and my nose size and my lip size and my skin color, all of these things have been um, actively used as weapons against black people in the furtherance of white supremacy. Um, so to the extent I'm not my hair, no, but neither is a black man just his skin or a black woman just her skin when she's being shot by the cop. But that skin, that hair represents something um, to a system that's based on making the physical manifestations of blackness as undesirable as possible. So, no, I'm not my hair, but I am a black woman, and so my hair becomes the first thing that many people judge me by, whether I make that declaration or not. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. <laughs> and, of course, we have Tasha, which is probably one of the well-known people in the DMV area who who deals with women and their hair all the time. Hey, Tasha, I believe you also have a question uh, for Lori. Did we lose Tasha? Might have. I'm well, here. You know I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm there here. you go. <laughs> My phone just did something crazy. But, um, okay. yeah, um, Natural hair, what does that mean to you? Like, for example, some would say like a short afro, dreadlocks, getting natural products, and others would mm. say going back to their roots. So what mm-hmm. does that mean to mm. you? You know, for me, it's any time that a person of African descent embraces hair that defies European beauty standards, right? So for some people, Mm -hmm. it's a teeny afro. For some people, it's a hot pink and lime green teeny weeny afro. For some people, you know, any time you use a chemical other than air and water, 
you know, you violated the natural rule. <laughs> and so, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with um, black women really first, we're in a, the very beginning stages of this becoming a ground swelling movement and a, and a space where black women can think differently about what we've been taught about our hair. So for a lot of us, we're used to very, you know, very rigid rules about what look good, what hair that looks good looks like and what hair that doesn't look like. And so it, we're still fleshing out that conversation. For me, I'm not the natural hair police. I'm like, you know, sis, anytime you are embracing the hair that God designed to grow out of your head the way it was designed to grow, I support that. And so I, I'm not really interested in putting labels on people. Some of us go natural because, you know, like me, I discovered, you know, I had my back to Africa moment. I, you know, majored in African <laughs> studies. And so yeah. that was my moment. Some of us go natural because of a bad perm and a bald spot. You know, so I don't need, I don't want that to be <laughs> to the same standard oh and God. expectations as someone who is sort of doing it for a more spiritual purpose. And so I think that we're all on our journeys and for me anytime you are really committed to embracing what it is that you came to this earth with with you know to, to the extent that that defies what white people and what european history has taught us is beautiful that to me is natural hair and i, I really think that's a beautiful thing okay um well i have another part of that question it sounds like you kind of answered it but i have another question like sure. what were the main reasons for your choice to wear your natural hair i mean like maybe it wasn't like a life change holistic for health or just for the style of it. You know, it's kind of like once you once you start to learn something, it's very difficult to unlearn it. You know, that's why they say ignorance right. is bliss. And it was like, you know, the more I was studying my history and I realized that, you know, there's nothing in the historical record. There's nothing written in, you know, painted on the walls of pyramids or inscribed in tombs or carved into rocks anywhere in the historical record that would give us any reason to think that prior to white supremacy sat around in the bushes of Africa trying to find a chemical or a juice or a berry to make their hair turn straight. You know, and so, like, we just don't see that. We don't see, like, in the historical record, black people thinking that you had to have lighter skin in order to be beautiful prior to the introduction of those ideas. So for me, once I knew that, it occurred to me, one day I'm going to have kids, and I'm going to have to have a daughter, maybe a son, and I'm going to have to explain to them how I came to know this information and understand it, but still wasn't able to apply it to myself and make the personal changes that I needed to make. So it really started, you know, mm-hmm. I was in college, so it's easy to be natural in college because, you know, yeah. you're a college student and that's what that's just what you do. And so, but from that, I really began embarking on a journey because there were no other natural hair women on my campus. I was at Penn State campus in the 90s. There literally were no other women doing that. And so the reactions I started getting and the experiences I started having really became instrumental um, and really lined up well with what I was studying in my school, in my classes. So you know, it started rather innocently and rather, you know, personally, and then it kind of grew into a movement once I realized what the story really was. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, hello, Laura. This is Janae Kay. How are you? I'm well, sis. How are you doing? <laughs> Great. Um, could you please describe to us what your concept of hair bullying is and how mm. you believe history has played a part in that? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. So hair bullying is really, I call it a new term for a very old concept, which again, dates back and has its roots in slavery and in colonization. And, you know, it's the idea that as black women or black people in general, but women in particular, show up and present and encounter the world, that there is something flawed with how we look, that the world looks at us and sees something inherently wrong or incomplete with how we look. And our hair is only considered appropriate under that way of thinking when it looks like the hair worn by our white sisters. And 
that to me, um, and, and when you look, you know, even when you look on plantations, we weren't able to have the rituals and the customs and the traditions that centered on hair care and preservation and reverence. And so we really lost touch with a lot of the value and the respect and the reverence that we had for our hair. And so, you know, hair bullying may show up in a number of ways. It may be, you know, phrases that kids use on the playground, like your hair is so nappy, you ain't never going to get a man, or, you know, your hair is so nappy, uh, something gets caught in it or what have you. Or it may be something that seems a little bit more innocuous where a mother, you know, has also bought into the idea that her daughter's hair has to look a certain way in order for her to be accepted in this world. And so tells her, I love you, but I too believe that there's something wrong with how you look naturally in the world. And so I'm going to help you by giving you a perm, by straightening your hair, by allowing, empowering you to conform to the standards of whiteness, because I can only see that as your route for getting ahead. So it's not even necessarily something that's intentionally mean. A lot of it, you know, one of the things we say is the worst thing about slavery and racism, and not so much about how other people have come to see us, but about how we as black people have come to see and devalue ourselves. And so hair bullying yeah. is manifest time. A black girl is told she can't stay in school with her hair in a natural hairstyle. Anytime a black woman is told she has to choose between um, keeping a job and wearing her hair in a way, in a style that's more appropriate for her Caucasian colleagues. So it manifests itself in many different ways, but it's really just the embrace of the idea that nappy is wrong. And, and that in mm. of itself is the wrong. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That's an amazing answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. How are you? This is Will. Thank you Hi, so much Will. for coming on the show. Um, well, you have a lot going on. You have a lot going on. You are an attorney. You yeah. have your own law firm. You are an amazing speaker, prolific speaker. Thank you. And also, you are an author. You've written yes. a book called The Afro State of Mind uh, Memories of a Nappy Headed Black Girl. Yes. What's that about? What, what, what is this book about? So that book really looks at my experiences in going natural, um, whether it be, you know, the weddings I had to participate in as a bald-headed black girl, you know, the dating life I had to encounter as a girl who had just cut out her perm and was dating men who was like, what did you just do? Um, You know, the job world I had to enter an interview with natural hair and all the decisions and and the questions that we as black women have when we start to grapple with some of these issues. The book, Afro State of Mind, Memories of an Athletic Black Girl, really takes that story and uses hair and skin color as a metaphor for understanding race and identity. Um, I wrote the book really because it seemed like we were having this wonderful growth and explosion in the natural hair movement, but it was all around like apple cider vinegar recipes and how to make your two-strand twisties really pop in when you do a twist out, all of which is very, very important because we want to know how to style our hair, and styling our hair was something we didn't often have access to, but we were missing the part about why it is, even within the natural hair community, a lot of us want the Tracy Ellis Ross type of natural hair that cascades down our back and not the 4C, 7G type of hair that sticks straight up on our head and grows out towards the sun. So it just seemed like we were missing a really vital part of the conversation. And that part of the conversation is really at the key of a lot of the other issues that black girls and black women have and are dealing with. And so I I really wanted to contribute to that debate a little bit. Okay. Well, this is Alicia. Hi, Alicia. (laughs) Hi. And I, I have to get to the little controversial part. I don't know if it's because I live close to this university or just because I like to get to the controversial question. <laughs> now. That's the second part. Exactly. It's probably the latter. But you're an attorney defending yes. high profile cases in mm-hmm. what some would call a racist justice system. Mm-hmm. But we have a black dean mm-hmm. at a historically black college. Ah, yes. Yeah, that refused to allow the MBA male students to be part of that graduate program if they wore dreadlocks. 
And then we even shared the article on our Facebook page with the man that caused his dreadlocks, and he was encouraging youth to do the same to clean up their image. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to those who say natural hair is unprofessional and will hinder that type of success as a minority? And realistically, perhaps you do need to conform to certain styles to be more acceptable. That is a great question, and you do like the controversy. So we have to unpack that a little bit, right, because for me the bigger part of that question is, you know, the the, the benefit of having black MBAs in the first place, right, which is very, very important. But it concerns me when we're so concerned about black MBA hairstyles and we are not ensuring that those black MBAs can tell us how much money the black community spends in a year. They have no real plans for how to take capture of the money that circulates through our community and keep it circulating with our and it's in our community as opposed to bouncing out into other spaces. So I think that first the emphasis on how we present and how we look is much more in line with respectability politics because this lack of substance in applying that education to the needs of the black community as opposed to preparing black MBA graduates to go out and get jobs working for white people, that to me is, is an indicator of the, the offness of the analysis, right? There's a media mogul, Tom Burrell, who says that black people are not brown-skinned white people. So the rules that apply to, black, to white people do not necessarily apply to black people. But so long as professional is only defined according to what is normal for white folks, well, then, yes, you are going to have many situations where natural hair is going to be considered unprofessional. And as a corporate attorney, when I started out, I was a corporate law, uh, lawyer, and you could easily say that natural hair was completely unacceptable in a lot of those spaces. And that's something that we have to wrestle with and grapple with. As we have to grapple with the fact that most corporations only hire enough of us to stay within the confines of the law, right? They don't actively exactly. encourage us exactly. to be there anyway. <laughs> so. We have exactly. to really begin asking questions. What is it that we give up when we say we're going to conform how we present to the world for the sake of hire, of being hired in institutions that really don't want us to be there and only do what they have to to tolerate us and try to get us out as, as soon as possible. So that's number one. Yeah. Number two is we have to think about and remember the fact that since the days of plantation slavery and colonization, black women and black people in general have manipulated, contorted, and squeezed paradigm of beauty standards that were explicitly designed to exclude us. So there's no amount of hoop jumping that we're going to be able to do to get within that ring. These folks don't want to play with us on that playground. So we, we kind of have to locate ourselves within that history and, and not create surface-level solutions to racism like don't wear your hair in nappy styles when you are a nappy-headed black yeah. child. So that's really, we got to rethink that question because, you know, there are some communities, it, it makes as much sense to me as saying that Asian uh, women have to, or Asian men, have to alter the shape of their eyes surgically in order to be acceptable because their eye shape is different than that from the norm. And some Asian okay. people do indeed do that, but their economic stability and viability is not dependent upon them making those types of physical alterations. And if it were, I guarantee you they're healthy enough to make sure that they create their own industry in the first place so they don't need to rely on their historical oppressor for that type of economic viability. So I think we got to shift how we are analyzing how we are going to enter and navigate this space because whiteness is not really going to allow us to alter enough in order to be acceptable as we as they would have us to be. Mm. Mm. Uh, I'm sitting here. I'm amazed. I'm amazed yeah, at all too. this knowledge that you. <laughs> wow. Right. Exactly. I'm like, all oh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Woo, that's so true. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I guess you you pretty much answered what I was going to ask you, but I'll just give it a shot. Um, I would think. 
Um, what is the root of society's stigmas regarding natural birth? And, and also, is it a racial issue? Is it a gender mm-hmm. issue? Mm-hmm. I mean, are do do yes to all black women? Do you yeah? <laughs> do you think <laughs> do you think men influence black women to go natural, or is it peer pressure from other black women to shun natural hairstyles? You know, I are think. You, it, one, yes, it is a racial issue. It absolutely is a racial issue. And, and again, we, we don't see any need for even having this discussion until black people were told that their access to power and resources was going to be dependent on how comfortable they were able to make white people, right, which is a skill set that many of us have to still employ to this day. Like your ability to make white people feel comfortable in the corporate space is largely the determinant of your the trajectory of your career in many professional spaces. Natural hair is just yeah. one of those the issues that it can dictate. Um, it absolutely is a racial issue that has its roots in slavery and colonization, and it is also a gender issue. Because we have to remember that men and black men and black boys fail the doll test too. Like that's not something like black girls aren't the only one in the doll. And by the doll test, I mean you know they they kids and say which doll is the nice kind doll, the smart doll everyone wants to play with, uh-huh. and the kids pick the white doll. They say which is the mean ugly uh-huh. young doll. They don't know why they pick the black doll. And you know dolls aren't smart. They're not kind. They're not whatever. But the children were saying that these are the dolls that represent high values that I appreciate. Those are the white people, and the ones that represent values that I'm afraid of or that are negative. Those are the black people. And so black men and black boys fail that test just like black girls do. So we're all socialized to desire and to see straight hair as the pin, as, as the pinnacle of what beauty looks like. So yes, a lot of women are making decisions about how to beautify themselves based on what the men in our lives have communicated is beautiful. But those men are trained to hate blackness the same way that we are. They're all watching the same videos we're watching. They're, they're listening to the same songs we're listening to. And those videos are really three and a half minute commercials that are advertising a lifestyle that we should all desire but can't ever afford and so yes to all of that and and that's why the healing that comes it's not enough within the natural the black community if just black women get it together right right if black women is right. going natural that's gonna be great but we're gonna be lonely <laughs> you know we need black men to be having this conversation to begin challenging each other on you know why is it that you just happen to prefer light-skinned women with hair down to their behind like why where does that mm-hmm. for all historical mm-hmm. products so, you know, your preferences are shaped in part by the history that you represent. So we have to unpack that in a way that black boys can have, you know, their male conversations and and black girls can do the same thing on our side. And I don't even necessarily think that that conversation has to happen together all the time. Like, I think there's a space for co-ed interaction on that level. But I think, brothers, y'all need to shut the door and have some real in-depth discussion about what's going on there. Like, we really need to unpack that. Just as we need to do the same and then come together with the intent of healing from that because mm-hmm. the injury is impacting all of us. It just manifests in different ways. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> that was definitely a mouthful. That was definitely a mouthful. Um, yeah. my, my question, Lori, is one, you know, I, I don't even know how to pose it because it's one of those topics that really aggravates me, I would say. Um, mm. I just get, kind of get tired of all the back and forth. You know, the whole commentary about Blue Ivy and Northwest and oh, this man. and this and that and why isn't Blue Ivy's hair a certain way, <laughs> you know, what do you talk about this? Have you seen the this, you know, conversation and battle um, is harming our children mm. and is it still another version of hair bullying? Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yes. And that's a that's a really interesting discussion because 
you can't really have the conversation about Blue Ivy without introducing Northwest. A lot of times people focus on Blue, but we forget that if they were in the same household, this is nothing different than a good hair sister and a bad hair sister, right? Which is something that replicates itself within our family structures on a regular basis. You can have two, three, four, five kids of all different shades, and that's in the African-American community and in the Afro-Latin American community. And the lighter skinned sister with the, the hair that's more aligned with white hair structure is going to get better treatment. She'll be preferred. She'll often um, get more compliments. She'll be told don't play in the sun because, you know, you don't want to get dark. And, and so this is looking at the two of them is really looking at how we treat black children. And, and it's no different than what we project onto North and what we project onto Blue Ivy is no different than aunties who come and look at the brand new baby and check their fingertips to see if the skin is going to turn black, right? Or check the earlobes to see how black the ear, the skin is actually going to be. So these two babies and Lord, they're babies, right? What a murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like this in this way. But these two babies really represent that spectrum of, you know, black self-hatred. And, and not that they represent black self-hatred, but our, I guess our reaction to them and how we fawn over North and her loose tendril curls. And we critique Blue Ivy for daring to step out of the house with an, an Afro that doesn't look like it was picked within an inch of its life. And that's really no different than what many of us are doing within our own homes. You know, you've seen I'm sure pictures on Facebook of the four-year-old with a perm or, you know, the, the newborn baby whose mom is worrying about how to straighten it already. And these really are messages that we communicate to our children that you, as you show up, are not enough. How you present, there is something wrong, whether we believe there's something wrong or we just believe that what society says about you is stronger than what we believe. Either way, we are going to present to you an, an area or, or an entree into this world that says you have to adjust and adapt because how you came here was insufficient. That is one of the most harmful messages we can send to our children because a child who does not know who they are, who hates who they are, can never compete with a child who is strong in their culture and who feels confident about the people that they come from. You can't compete. And so there's a reason that our kids are going to continue to lag behind, not because of the classroom necessarily, not because of the money you put into schools, but because they already started from the acceptance of the idea that white people represent intelligence and the people they come from don't. White people represent beauty and the people that they come from don't. You cannot possibly hope to demonstrate brilliance and beauty when you feel ugly and less than. You can't do it. So this is something that really is a public display of a private conversation that are ongoing and really quite hurtful for our kids and for us. Wow. Definitely. Yes. Well, Lura, I want to ask you a question. Also, when we were um, planning for this show, we had a, a pre-call discussion and we were meeting with um, Sasha, who is mm-hmm. the founder of the DMV Natural Beauties Meetup Group. And mm. I was, you know, we were getting to know her and her experiences and she had made some uh, comment that was startling to all of us that, <laughs> like, when you're out in society, basically in population, that most of the the side looks and um, if any type of discrimination is shown doesn't come from, I thought it would be from, like, the Caucasians, from our European mm-hmm. She said it's actually from us, from yeah. men, from black mm-hmm. men and other black women. Has mm-hmm. that been your experience as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And, and again, <laughs> we got to remember that white people don't come from a history where they're burdened by feeling less than, right? So they have, when you're exactly. when you're privileged, you have the luxury of singing songs about ice cream and sunshine. You have the luxury of commenting on the beauty of other people because you're not burdened with that. We uh, are carrying that burden in a way that, you know, the way white people respond to slavery and privilege is, is very empowering for them because it benefits them. It does not benefit us, and it's very disempowering for 
So, for example, when I was in corporate America working at law firms in midtown Manhattan, that's wearing an Afro puff and twisties. That's the first time I read about the Hampton University situation. So just the way right. that I was wearing my hair compared to that happening in that moment was always very ironic for me, but it was always very symbolic because it was very similar to, you know, the black secretary at my law firm who would pull me to the side and say, now, baby, you know, I don't know what you're doing with this hair of yours, but, you know, you, these white <laughs> folks ain't going to, you know, now she didn't mean any harm, but through right. her experience as a black woman whose hair had been permed within an inch of her life for decades, she could oh, not envision oh. a route to success for me professionally if I did not conform. So she was doing it out of respect and out of love and out of sincere care, but it was misplaced care and, uh, and misinformed care because from my perspective, if my hair is an issue, I cannot be in this space. And that was just something that I had to be comfortable with. I know everyone's not there. I'm not saying that's the, the you know, don't go graduating from college, y'all who are listening and then decide you ain't going to get a job because people didn't like your hair. What I'm saying is for me, <laughs> that was a decision that I made and it worked for me. But, um, you know, I do have the benefit of having light skin privilege. So that's something that a lot of my darker complexion sisters don't have to deal with. Um, but mm-hmm. it is definitely something that we hold on to. You know, I have you know, white colleagues, white friends who are like, oh, my God, Larie, your hair is just so awesome. Like, it's like an afro day, it's twisty. And, you know, they are totally cool and just want to feel all up in it. Whereas a lot of my black, you know, family, sisters, friends are feeling very protective, just the same way, I guess, uh, you know, as an analogy, we were all very protective when President Barack Obama was running for office because everyone thought he was going to exactly. get killed. And, you know, so mm-hmm. that we have a history there that dictates that we can't be as free and as happy and embracing of, of this type of hairstyle because it's shown that that will lead to economic downfall for many of us. Right, right. Well, mm-hmm. I want to thank you so much for coming on yeah. the show, sharing all your knowledge. We're definitely going to have to have you back on, definitely. Thank How can you. our listeners and our followers um, – get in contact with you, follow you, um, and, and reach out to you? Um, I am at Afro. You can. My website is www.afrostateofmind.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Afro State of Mind. I'm on Facebook at State of Mind um, and YouTube as well. So those are the social media spaces I occupy. Uh, hit me at any of those places. I'd love to connect. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks. You guys have a great night. Wow, that was a lot of information, a lot of information. Um, You know, Lori, Attorney Lori Daniels was one of my favorite people, and I was just so elated when she said that she would come on the show and just give us so much information about that topic. Um, So I do want to remind listeners that at this point, the phone lines are open again. If you want to comment on some of the things she said, if you want to share your view on some of the things that she said, uh, the number is one seven one three nine five five zero seven nine three, 9793 and you can press 1 um, to have your comment live on the air. Um, but I do want to ask Nate, since you actually work in the hair industry as well as being a Christian uh, ABC store <laughs> owner, good Lord, what things do you hear from your natural hair clients regarding their struggles? Is Nate with us? Okay, I'm, I'm sure Nate's trying to ponder on some things um, for my natural hair divas that are listening. Are there any um, anything you feel about that topic that you wanted to expound upon. He just messaged me. He said his, his phone was on mute. 
Hey, it's Danielle. Um, she had a lot to say. Oh, so I'm I was sorry sitting about there that. just like a sponge listening to all that she had to say. But I could personally re- relate to how I felt about my own natural hair. My mother made me wait until I was older before she would relax my hair. And so okay. she would style my hair, and I would always be embarrassed because I had peers who could relax their hair. And she waited for me to actually... She didn't wait. My my sister got her hair relaxed first because her hair is thicker than mine. And I begged my grandmother to do mine, too. So my mom was pissed. But anyway, <laughs> I got my hair relaxed, and my texture was different. But before that, I always felt my sister was prettier, her hair was prettier, my peers were prettier because their hair was different, and I felt mine was nappy. And I couldn't relate my beauty to any of the dolls I had, any of the figures I saw on TV, so I didn't see myself as beautiful. So when wow. in college, when I made the big chops and I decided, like, it's time to cut my hair, it was a, a process for me. And, and I didn't like that my hair was the texture it was. It took me a minute to embrace that I'm beautiful with this curly hair. And I, I don't look at it the same way, but it's taken time. And, and some days... I still am really judgmental, and I have locks, and I might be like, oh, Lord, I need to go get this retwisted in the front. So it's something that I deal with typically, like, often, but I've been able to evolve into someone who appreciates my own personal beauty now that I'm a little bit older. But I I could, as she was talking, it was like she was talking to me personally. I'm like, yes, yes, I understand. I feel it because it was my experience as a little black girl. Okay. I think that was Shay. No, this is Shay. Okay. No, that was Danielle talking just then. That was Danielle. Okay. Yeah, that was Danielle talking just then. Actually, my experience was the opposite. Um, Not that I had natural hair as a kid. Not quite that opposite, but that I didn't really feel that pressure to have my hair straightened all the time or to look a certain way. I actually grew up in a very Afrocentric household, so when I decided to go natural, I I didn't have any real concerns about it. It was just like, I really like my hair. I really love my curls. I think what I really connected with was listening to her talk about um, when the lady would pull her to the side when she was working. Well, that lady was like my grandma. And I think there's a lot of historical context there because my grandmother had a fro in the 70s, but my fro didn't look like her because my hair is thicker and it's a lot curlier, so my fro was tight. Like, mine looked like a hot top, my friends will tell you. But oh, wow. my grandmother would say, why don't you do something with your hair? And I was just like, I did. I washed it and I moisturized it and I'm good. So Okay. I... I think I can really understand that a lot of that pushback is just from the the history that we have in America because at a certain point we did have to look a certain way to be accepted. Okay. Hmm. And I think Mr. Nate phone was yes, on I'm, mute. I'm here. So I I Mr. you all pro non natural. Um, what what do some of your clients what are their struggles? as far as natural hair is concerned? Where is some of the commentary that you hear from them? Well, I tell you, Alicia, 
after hearing the interview, I'm straddling the fence. I thought it was a really good interview, and I don't want my clients to ever feel like they have to feel comfortable or to make the other people comfortable at work. So I'm going to do what I can this week to make sure I make a whole bunch of people uncomfortable this week at work. (laughs) What some of my clients struggle is, for some strange reason, the one thing I love that we'll always say is, what? Why do you want to go natural? Because there has to be a purpose as to why you want to go natural. I don't want to hear, I don't know what my natural hair texture look like. I want to hear why you want to go natural because I don't really believe that people understand the struggle behind going natural. It's more than just saying, I'm not going to get a relaxer. You have to try mm-hmm. product. And then a lot of people feel wearing an afro is natural. Ugh, that's not natural. That's lazy <laughs> because you have oh, to do oh, something oh. to your hair every day. Um, yeah, true. Some, for some women, two, three times a day because, you know, humidity don't hold the style that you may walk out in the morning with. But then even to go to bed at night, you need to do something to your natural hair because if not, you can make it brittle, you know, it can break off. So for me, I think for it's just understanding. I make we make sure that our clients understand what the natural process is, and then for me, what I tell my clients when they want to go natural, I make sure they understand that in order to have good, healthy, natural hair, they have to go through everything. They have to rub potatoes up under their arms. They can't wear deodorant. <laughs> they have to oh use natural God. toothpaste. They have to use cocoa butter oh and natural shea butter. They- I have to tell them, and when they want to go natural, I tell them, you just can't go natural. You got to wow. start with the lotion. First, start with a natural <laughs> lotion. Oh then run the natural deodorant on because that's oh going natural. If you want natural, beautiful hair, you got to go and get you an egg and some mayonnaise. Now, see, now that's so, what I agree with. Hallelujah. So that's why most of my clients are relaxed. <laughs> he said a potato for the. Over it. I'm a little scared. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ladies, I want to ask you this, the same question that was asked um, to Dr. Lori. Do you think this, or excuse me, Attorney uh, Lori Daniels, do you think this is something that is more promoted by men or women? I would say women. This is Liz. And I would say women because I... I have a diverse group of friends, men, women, black, white, whatever, and I hear a lot of times a lot of guys don't really like the natural thing. Exactly. Like they want to be, they want, you know, a lot of a lot of guys I know don't even want the braids. Like they want, you know, the long, straight hair. And I know a couple of guys who have girlfriends who have natural hair and they have the curly hair. And I heard a guy a couple of days ago make a comment, when are you straightening your hair? I'm tired of seeing your hair. Yeah, so I think it's more of a a women's thing because, like, um, like she said in her interview, she said it's easier in college, and I believe that because when when I went to college, I went to VCU, and it was a natural hair movement. I mean, first day of freshman year, everybody had our perms, we had straight hair, and by the end of freshman year, everyone was natural. And I think it's that support as well that you get in college. You're, you got, you know, hey, can I, can I borrow your curler or can I borrow, you know, your, your shea moisture? Can I borrow this? I think it's a lot of support when it comes for women. But I think that 
it's more from women than it is men because, like I said, I see that men don't really like it. Yeah. Can I interject right quick? I know you asked the lady, but I just want to say, because I believe it is women as well, because a lot of men don't understand what natural is. Because they would say, oh, I just like a natural woman. But I've had clients that came in and got natural hairstyles, and their husband sent them back and said, why make them straighten your hair? (laughs) Wow. Because they don't understand that's what the natural look is. And then you can show me in pictures. You like a woman like this? No. Well, this is a head full of weed. What are you saying? You you want somebody, oh, no, I do like that. Because they don't understand what it is. And I think it is more women um, convincing each other. But I do like the point that she made. It's a movement. Because during when you have a movement, you have a group of women who's teaching and helping each other mm-hmm. go through exactly. the process. That's the difference between a movement and a fad, or a phase, or whatever they call it. Because I'm old. Y'all know I'm old. Nate. Oh, okay. Okay. My next question. Have you noticed a different response in your own perspective as women with natural hair in the corporate world, in the education field, or just in general society? Is there really that big of a difference like some of the experiences she shared? From This is Danielle speaking. I actually worked for a, a company that was swarming with three individuals, and I won't say their names, but anyway, one of them had dreads. He started off with dreads, but he chose to cut his hair so that he would be seen in a different light because he's now the owner of a company. And I found that to be interesting from his perspective, talking to him, how he he had people treat him a certain way when he had dreads compared to when he didn't. So he made the decision to chop his hair so he could be seen in a different light. So I have heard those stories, and I've seen it firsthand through his experience. I personally, every job I've had, my hair has never been an issue because, I keep it clean. If it's natural, mm-hmm. it's still clean, and it's changed, and it looks nice. That's kind of right. um, my personal experience with people with mm-hmm. hair. But I also like the point that um, the attorney made about, you know, I feel it's as long as you're doing things to make your coworkers, I'm going to just say that, comfortable, hmm. you know, there's no... You know, they're not going to, because half the time they're going to say, oh, I love your hair curly. You can wear your hair curly or straight. I like that diversity that y'all have. (laughs) But as long as you're making them comfortable, I think they're not going to say anything. But the moment you wear your big kinky locks Uh and they take you in that bathroom, now over here, we don't do that. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Well, excuse mm. me. All righty then. Well, wow. I do want to put. I want to interject this portion. You've you've done well. People are already blowing us up on the email about who you want to vote for for season two to be our co-host. I'll say already, ladies and gentlemen, you're doing a fabulous job. 
We would be happy with every one of you. Of course, we can't have every one of you, I don't think. So, in lieu of the email as well, if you go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Let's Face It Radio, um, you can actually click on the link. I do have that link available now where you can click on and make your choices as far as who's your first choice, your second, your third, your fourth. And what we'll do is actually compile those votes and we'll let you know who's actually going to be selected based on your votes of tonight's show. So real briefly, we're going to go to another brief commercial, but when we come back, you will actually hear um, from half of a partnership. I just thought they were awesome when I saw the information in Black Enterprise Magazine earlier this year, two friends looking at the natural hair industry have not only established a business, but they actually established South Carolina's first natural hair pageant. So stay tuned to Let's Face It. I also want to say real quickly, um, in addition to um, Alicia doing the the link, she did that basically because we were getting so many emails, individual emails yeah. regarding which host they wanted. So we will be adding those emails that we did receive in with the votes that we get in from the um, the link. So don't worry about that. Okay? So right. we'll be right those back. Those votes will also be counted. Yeah. You'd probably like to know what the ladies are looking for on an online dating site. A guy who had a few drinks and later got pulled over for buzz driving. See, that could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. And doesn't a guy who's back living with his parents but calls them my roommates just scream Mr. Right? Buzzed, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Brandon from Incubus for Lifebeat, the music industry fights AIDS. AIDS doesn't discriminate. You can be young or old, male or female, straight or gay. Rapper or rocker, no one is immune. It can happen to you. Yep, you. So if you're having sex, wear a condom. AIDS doesn't care, but you should. For more information, call the National AIDS Hotline at 1-800-342-AIDS or log on to www.lifebeat.org. You're listening to Let's Face It, one of the hottest talk radio shows on the web. Are you looking for more exposure for your brand, product, event, or special story? Let's Face It Radio is the place for you. We're also seeking guest experts specializing in sex and relationships, health and wellness, politics, law, spirituality and religion, just to name a few. Looking for low-cost marketing opportunities? We'll look no further. We offer multiple advertising campaigns via website ads or audio commercial opportunities played live during the show. Visit www.letsfaceitradio.com and complete the appropriate contact form for more information. Women of color, business, and beauty passions have in common? 
If you're not sure, our very special guests and co-founders of Miss Naturally Crowned Carolina, South Carolina's first natural hair beauty pageant, are here to share more information on that topic. Please welcome to the show Miss Maureen Ochola, co-founder, and the newly crowned Miss Naturally Crowned Carolina, Miss Trayshawn Howard. Hello, ladies, and thanks for joining us. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hi, this is Janae Kay. How are you all doing? We're good. We're good. Thank you so much for having us on the show. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us. Um, Maureen, could you tell our listeners why you all felt the need for a natural hair beauty pageant? So we actually started the journey um, last year. Uh, Jessica and I have been friends, you know, ever since childhood. And we both went natural, but we felt like there was – I guess a missing void in natural hair care products or just where to find them. Um, for the most part, most people typically go to your typical Asian beauty supply stores. But when you mm-hmm. go there, you're kind of faced with people who may not really understand your hair and their whole purpose is to just basically, you know, make a sale. And mm-hmm. so we wanted to um, open up a store that catered specifically to women with natural hair and it was run by women who could tell you about your hair. Um, so in order to kind of to the Columbia market, we came up with this idea of a pageant that specifically mm. catered to women with natural hair, just, you know, for exposure um, to the Columbia market, but also to to let them know that this is kind of a need that needs to be met. So we had our first pageant last year where we had 10 contestants enter. The criteria was that you had to have your hair natural. Your hair had to be in the natural state. And mm-hmm. so um, the girls competed not only on, um, you know, how their hair looked, but also their how they felt about their natural hair, kind of promoting the beauty of natural hair. And so after the ending of that pageant, we got such a positive response from it um, that we decided, hey, this is a little bit more than a fundraiser. This is kind of a major movement going on now. Um, and we need to expand on it. So it started as a fundraiser, but now it's like more of a social impact in the Columbia community, and hopefully, you know, something we can expand nationally. Awesome. And this is Alicia. Uh, after I read your article in Black Enterprise about your pageant, could you tell us how you went from a $0 advertising <laughs> budget to selling out a 220-seat venue and then catching the major, you know, the major sponsors and natural hair media. <laughs> that was all thanks to my business partner, Jessica, and I wish she would be able to call in today. But it's all social media. Um, you know, what we wanted to do initially was to target a specific group of people. Um, usually the girls' age ranges 19 to, you know, maybe early, mid-30s because these are the people that, you know, we felt, I guess, could benefit the most um, from understanding the beauty of natural hair. So Mm -hmm. that started with, um, we started off Instagram. And what we did was we went throughout the Columbia community and we highlighted women around that age range, their hair naturally, just to kind of make it, I guess, quote, unquote, cool, for lack of a better term. So once we started around that path, it blew up, like, literally within, I think we gained over 2,000 followers, you know, all within a couple of months. 
and then we expanded on to Facebook. We started, um, I think it's just the power of networking, too, okay. with, um, you know, networking and social media. And, yeah, just, I guess, more so things, ugh, I'm trying to think of what else. This is more of her, you know, area of focus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it was, I think people going to a page and seeing people that look like them or even mm-hmm. seeing themselves on there, I mean, that thing just spread like fire. And then, wow. you know, as that began to grow, we began to see, you know, get con- connections and contacts. I think as of recently, we got contacted by a lady in Paris who actually runs a beauty pageant there herself. So, wow. I mean, social media alone can take you really, really far. Well, apparently so. <laughs> yeah. And I did have one last question for you, too. One quick question, I should say. How did you come up with the design of the actual crown? Okay, so we actually have a different crown every year. Um, oh. That was one of our differentiating factors. So we didn't want to go the traditional pageant route of just, you know, Sierra crown. So every year, Jessica and I kind of sit around and go through, I think, Etsy.com has some amazing, amazing designs. But we wanted something to not, you know, we wanted it to not be normal, you know, because mm-hmm. th- that's the whole purpose of our pageant is because you don't have to be conformed to what society is telling you. So we wanted mm-hmm. the crown to stand out on its own as well. So last year's crown design is actually completely different from this year's crown design. I don't know if you all have been able to see some of the um, pictures we posted, but Treshawn, our winner this year, her crown was more of like a globe, whereas last year was like a big mane. Who knows what the next year's is going to be. But, yeah, okay. that was one of our standing out factors to make sure the crown wasn't that, you know, your typical normal crown. All mm. right. Okay. All right, um, this is Tasha. Um, I have a question for Treshawn. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very good. Well. I'm good, I'm good. Um, so my question is to you is, um, being that now that you're a newly reigning crown holder, um, how does it, I mean, how what does the competition mean to you? And as far as, um and so, well, I'm also under the impression that you want a, a, a cash prize, and what are your plans or what are you going to do with that? Well, this competition was really, really amazing for me. Um, this It was more about, like, embracing who you are, and it gave me an opportunity to really just build on my confidence. Um, I was kind of going through a little phase where, you know, I'm, I'm really young. I'm 22 years old. And so, you know, I graduated from college about a year ago. I'm getting into the professional world and everything like that. So I was really, my confidence was up and down, up and down. And so this competition really gave me the opportunity to meet other young women in Columbia that are um, natural, that are doing something with themselves. All businesswomen are trying to be businesswomen. And it really gave me the opportunity to network with them, meet them, and we all were building each other up. We were all were building each other up. Um, and mm-hmm. also with, by winning this um, competition, during the competition, we actually had to present um, business pitches. So it gave me the opportunity to do something that I've been wanting to do and put in work for a long time. It made me, you know, think of my plan, think of my um, business, what I want to do, how I want to make it go. I actually had to 
just not think about what I want to do, but put some actions in plan. And so with winning this competition, the money, it actually gives me the opportunity to network with some other people and get a business um, off the ground. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> it was wow. So what I want to know is, Maureen, how can people who perhaps want to get more information about um, the pageant, who perhaps want to compete next year, how can they get more information about this pageant and what you what you're doing. Sure. So a bulk of our information is actually on our website, which is naturallycrown.com. Um, but we're also very very active on social media. Our Instagram is at naturallycrownedcarolina, and uh, we also follow up with our main, I guess, our boutique idea, and that Instagram is at quenchsc. You can also find us on Facebook at Naturally Crown Carolina or Quench SC again, or just shoot us okay. an email, um, info at naturallycrown.com. But I think a bulk of our information should be found on our website. Awesome, awesome. I want to thank both of you ladies for, for calling in, and best of yeah. luck on your reign. Um, That was a good pageant. I was looking here, looking through the pictures of the different yeah. crowns. Right, they have they have different crowns. I'm trying to make out the shape of it though. You <laughs> know, unique. it, it post really a was. Of that on the post a picture of the crown on our Facebook page so people can really see um, what she was talking yeah. about. That's really unique but you to, know, the, to the queen. I wanted to point out something that. I also liked about that section of that episode. Um, that's one of the wonderful opportunities that this show and, and being a host on this show will actually offer you. Because um, so often we come together, uh, we try to come up with whatever's trending, what we think are great show ideas. And it's pretty awesome that, you know, you can be reading an article in Black Enterprise, which is where we found them. Um, you can be reading something that somebody sends on Facebook, Fortune, what have you. And you just go, that would be the great person, the great business to feature on our show. And you call these people, you contact these people, and, you know, it's amazing some of the responses and some of the relationships that you build in that. Um, So definitely it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to hear their stories, hear their transformation, and I just really applaud those two women because, that's the social media aspect when social media is used properly. And, you know, the way that they were able to build the hype for the natural hair pageant, I still think it's impressive as heck that you were able to fill a 220-seat um, venue for your first yeah. pageant ever and for something such as yeah. natural hair. Um, so I'm sure mm-hmm. the second pageant is going to be bigger than ever. Um, I think it's wonderful, especially me and women of color, um, that they were able to look at the community, see a need for something, see something that appeals to a certain group of people, and build an entire business and pageant around that. And then they actually had very noteworthy sponsors, which is kind of impressive when it's the first time, um, the first thing like that you bring to the area. That is pretty neat. Um, But I do want to ask our 
auditioning co-host, just so that we can get to know you better, um, what is one thing that you want to just let the audience know that's special about you, that you care about, or even on your platform that you might want to use to make a difference in the community? All right, I'll go first. This is, okay, you go first. This is Shay. Um, and I don't want to be cliche as a life coach, but my absolute passion is really helping people love themselves. And even when we were listening to the natural hair um, interview with Lori Daniels Taylor, and she was saying that you're not good enough as you are, that's not something that just comes from hearing that your hair isn't good enough. There are a million ways that that we tell people every day that they're not good enough. So my absolute passion is helping people believe that they are good enough, that they are absolutely loved, and that they can face life confidently and fearlessly just as they are. All right. This is Danielle, and um, to, not to really piggyback off what she said, because I'm also a life coach. I deal with empowerment, but I, I also like strategy. So I'm really big on making things skill-based. So whatever you're attempting to accomplish in life, I want you to see that there's a strategy, a plan of action that you can take and make it happen. So once you, like you said, love yourself, you also need to determine what your purpose is and be working on that purpose. And my goal is to help strategize and get you executing that plan, whatever that plan is for your life. So if you're trying to be a doctor, I'm trying to help you become a doctor. If you're trying to be a model, mm-hmm. I'm trying to help you make that happen. Whatever your purpose is in life, my my passion is to help you meet that purpose. Okay. Um, this is Liz. I have to say my passion um, right now would be uh, self awareness and preparation in our community. Um, I deal right right now. I work with a lot of uh, underprivileged kids. And I see that, you know, a lot of them aren't aware of really what's going on with them, so they grow up into adults who are not aware of what's really going on. So right now, you know, my passion is just, you know, making people aware of, you know, what's going on, and it ties into the self-love and, you know, the self-acceptance. So my passion is, you know, just make our people prepared for what what is out there. Very important. And last but not least, and I'm scared to ask him this question. Lord have mercy. Go ahead, Nate. Is Nate on mute again? It's technically a challenge. God bless him. Well, you know, his part I tell you, I just don't. I don't. I told y'all at the beginning of the show I am old. But we're not going to do anything. You're pressing buttons. Trying to get off mute. I just don't know what's wrong with me. Oh, Lord Jesus. I'm so um, sorry, Alicia. And your question is. (laughs) (laughs) What platform or thing in the community are you very passionate about or what what whatever lasting impression you would like our audience to hear? What what are you passionate about? What are you, yeah, One thing that I'm passionate about is our kids black kids being cultured on different things outside of sports and understanding that you can go to school on any kind of scholarship. And for me, 
I want more black kids to be into music and not just rap music, mm. but all all types of cultivating music. For parents to be able to put kids in to music because you can go to school on a full scholarship and be a a doctor but play an instrument to get you through school okay. instead of going through basketball or, God forbid, everybody want to be a rapper nowadays. So <laughs> for me, my platform, which I have a nonprofit called Fame Foundation for Music and Arts, um, so I would love for kids, our kids, black kids, to be have an array of talents and be okay. more cultured, cultured in music. You know you you're a man of many talents, Nate. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard about your fame organization now. You're Christian ABC store owner. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Please look me up, y'all. <laughs> Is there anything you, you don't do, off. Nate? That's that oh, not oh. much I don't do. Oh Lord. Or that I won't try and do. Oh okay. Oh, all right. Oh, all right. Well, tell the Lord thank you. Thank, well, thank you, Lord. <laughs> You know what? I'm done. We just want to thank all of you, first of all, before we even go further in the show. We want to thank all of you that came on tonight. Um, Again, you've done a phenomenal job. And listeners, the line, we we have the email address. I'm getting a lot. Will and I are getting a lot of emails. So you are. I mean, I'm sitting here looking. I'm just blown away. I'm blown away. I know. I'm yeah. like, I, I'm still in the show. I'm trying to still do the show, but we did ask you to email, so it's okay. And on the Facebook yeah. page, we still have that link that's up. So, again, facebook.com yeah. forward uh, slash let's, that's with the S, let's face it radio. There is a link available. I have tweeted it. I have put it on Blog Talk. I put it on Facebook. So you should be able mm-hmm. to find all the information to place your vote, and we're asking that you get those votes in tonight so we can make a decision soon. And then remember that you actually have the right to vote. We have lined up where you can vote and rank them in your four, your first choice, your second, your third, and your fourth, Um, because we are looking for more than just one co-host. So you can vote for more than one person, and you can rank them in order, which so far you're doing an awesome job. But again, Can I vote for myself? Nate, Nate, see, I want, hey, I wanted to ask because I know the rest of them wanted to ask too. No, they didn't. That was just you. And you have until midnight. All votes need to be in. All votes need to be in by midnight. Um, Alicia, what time are you going to sleep? I know you're not going to sleep anytime soon. So um, we'll start. We'll start tabulating these things because we are going to announce the winner tomorrow. So. Um, now, see, that, I do want to warn you all of that. Um, being a host and a co-host on this show, you may get some weird midnight 1 a.m. text or email to Mr. Drake who thinks that he wants to be done since he don't sleep ever. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I I just want to put out that disclaimer. Just make sure, you know, this is what you want because he, yeah, okay. But once again, Mm -hmm. we, we thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We will be getting back with you shortly. Everyone listening, we want you to go vote, vote, vote now. And pretty soon we'll be announcing our new co-host for Season 2. Yeah. All right. Alicia, did you, did you want to tell us about next week's show? Do I have to? 
Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you about next week. I'm going to cooperate. Again, we have so many things going on. We are still going to, at least next week, have that one last Sunday off. And then we're coming back for Season 2, which debuts live Sunday, August the 2nd at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, once again next week, you'll be able to listen via web only on, let's face it, radio.com, um, or, of course, on our Blog Talk channel. Um, you will not be able to actually call in. Um, but, again, mm-hmm. Season 2, well, I'll back up. Next Sunday, we are going to have some of the funniest moments from Season 1. Um, you'll actually be able to hear Mr. Nate Whitfield's and his comedy as well. So you really don't want to miss that show. We talked about a lot of trending topics. We talked about a lot of crazy issues currently in the media. Um, So you want to tune in next Sunday. But, again, Season 2, I will have information probably in the next few days on our Facebook page because Season 2 is going to be our Confessions show. Um, Again, I think this is the brainchild of Will, but I love you people, and I love this show. So I'll do a lot of things that I really don't want to. Um, Confession show, both Will and I will be sharing one of our darkest secrets. Um, That would be our confession. But at the same time, we invite you on to share one of your confessions. And we're going to have a few ways for you to do that. Um, You'll be able to email us. There will be a link paste on the uh, Facebook page where you can anonymously submit your confessions. And the whole idea is they say that confessions is good for the soul. And, again, this is a radio show we want to motivate, we want to encourage, we want to inspire. Um, So definitely, you know, for some of us, there's some secrets um, that you're keeping. There's some things that you might just want to get off your chest. Um, maybe your closest friends know, but there's something you've been hiding behind. Um, maybe there's something you feel like if people knew, um, they wouldn't uh, see you the same way. Or for some people, you know, I think the whole um, Caitlyn Jenner story is a perfect example of that. You know, sometimes you've been struggling with something. You finally are brave enough to say, I want to show the world who I really am. And I don't want to hide behind this thing anymore. And not only that, but in my sharing this, I want to give a voice to those other people who are struggling with this just like me. Um, So that will be what our August 2nd show is all about. And, of course, if you have that dark, dirty secret, you know, you're cheating on your wife with, like, five other people, hey, if you want to talk about that, (laughs) you go ahead submit your confession. I mean, you can submit it anonymously if you want to call in and do that. You know what? We don't judge you. Go ahead, call in and do that. And then, of course, we'll give you the link to replay this show tonight. Until then, we always want to tell you, you can listen to the show on the go at your convenience. Twitter, Facebook um, has the link. You can listen on Tuned In, Stitcher, iTunes, um, as well as Let's Face It Radio.com. And probably we'll have eight more applications that God only knows. You can listen to there as well. And for me, I think that is pretty much it. I have nothing else to say, which is very unusual. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I just wanted to, um, before we close, I just wanted to thank everyone. You all did an amazing job. I'm so glad that it's not all up to Alicia and myself. Um, We're getting, we've literally gotten probably about, 
75 um, emails and forms filled out. Um, and it's like relatively in a short amount of time. That's why I'm shocked. I'm thinking, look at yeah. these notifications. So, so I'm, I'm not going to sleep you. anytime Thank soon. You. <laughs> you sure not? Sure not. You're not. Um, but I just want to thank you all. And I just wanted to um, elaborate a little bit on what Alicia was talking about for our season finale. It's about confessions. Um, again, that was my brainchild um, because I'm a big Oprah fanatic, as you guys will learn. Um, and I know that confession is good for the soul. And I know that we go through things in life, not only for our own benefit, for other people. Other people are watching our lives, and we become walking testimonies for other people. So um, I do know and I've learned from a, 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 I think it was old, I can't even remember who said it, but the man said that he who conceals his illness cannot expect to be healed. And I'm not talking yeah. about illness in a, in a physical sense, but whatever is burdening you, whatever God delivers you from, that you now want to share that, you know, God delivered me from this, this is how he did it, and maybe it can help somebody else. That's the whole purpose of the confession show. It's not necessarily for you to get out there and air your dirty laundry. Nobody wants to do that. But per- perhaps you have something that you want to reveal, something that you had kept secret that God delivered you from, that you want to share it with the world, and hopes that it will okay, help somebody yeah. else. Um, that's what the whole show is about. Okay? But let's be fair. I mean, we ain't seconds. discriminating. If you what? want to air your little deep, dark, dirty, oh, yeah. you, you oh, can definitely. do that, too. We, we take trash, We can get it's Wendy right. Williams. We can be Wendy Williams, yeah. Let them use you. <laughs> all right. But once again, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for auditioning. And to those listening, please tune in next week and stay tuned for August 2nd, our confession show. All right. Everybody have a good weekend. I love you and God bless you. And until then, just take care. And good night. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com for up-to-date information on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, and exciting interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place, for real people, Real topics, real talk. Let's face it.